Good evening. Welcome to Bible study. If you're in the house, please let's give the Lord a hand and clap of praise. If you're in your sanctuary, at your home, or wherever you may be, let's give the Lord a hand and clap of praise. Tonight we're going to have a great discussion. I'm excited. I don't know about y'all. I've been waiting for a week for this discussion. And the, the, the discussion is going to be centered around the topic, what's the beef? Intimacy and submission. Our our scriptures were taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 9, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 31. And so before we get started, you can have a seat. I'm just going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll just get started. You can go ahead. If you want to stand while I pray, you can do that too. It's up to you. Uh, let us pray to God. Once again, we thank you for this opportunity to come together to fellowship around your word. God, we thank you, Father God, for those that are in the house, those that are in the line. God, we thank you for our facilitator, Minister Perry, and all of those that are going to be here and participate in this uh, discussion tonight, God. We want to learn what you have to say about this word submission, God. And so we thank you, oh, Father God, in advance for opening up the reservoirs of our mind. We thank you for how you've already uh, prepared him to be able to uh, facilitate discussion, God. So now, God, we just pray that you would just bless this entire discussion and that we bring glory and honor to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated again. I apologize for that. And so, again, what I want to do is um, I want to really make sure that you, in, 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 in the reservoirs of your mind, that you keep in, 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 in your, uh, uh, in your, on your mind what the definition of submission is. Because sometimes I think we can get it confused. And so I'm just going to share it with you. I, if I had the opportunity, I would have put it on, 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 uh, on, on the uh, on, online or whatever. But uh, we got a lot of other things we, that are more important. But I'm just going to read it to you, right? And so... Um, a biblical def definition of the word submit uh, comes from the Greek word I told you last week, hopatoso, which means to arrange an order. It's a military term. And then I talked about how some people confuse it uh, with the word obey, right? And so I, I really want us to, to lock in on what this submit is. Submit, on the other hand, is to yield, right? And so as Minister Perry talks to us, keep that in the mind, to yield, to defer out of respect. You know, out of superior authority, affection, persuasion, or compulsion, right? And so I'm getting ready to turn over uh, our discussion to Minister Perry, but I wanted to share a testimony, if I could, real quick. And it's based on last week, right? You know, Minister Perry, in my opinion, he presented some very great information. And sometimes what happens with information is you don't get the illumination until later. The light bulb comes on, right? And so that's what happened to me. I remember when he brought the Stevens up here, and what he did is he had them, um, for those of you that weren't here, I'll just explain. I can't do it as good as he did, nor am I going to try. But what he did is he brought this couple up, and they were walking together in lockstep. They were on a journey, and they were on a mission. And then all of a sudden, one of the people took a step back. And, I, and again, it, it, I, I didn't understand it until God, God made it crystal clear. The person willingly took a step back, not because they were inferior. Amen. Amen. You know what I'm saying? But they, they took a step back and became the sub in the mission because they realized that, hey, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do for the sake of the overall mission. Man, I, once, 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 once I saw that, Rodney, my, my, whole, my whole life changed. 
I, I see submission in a new light now, Adrian. I, 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 Adrian, I can come in there and I can submit to anybody because at the end of the day, it ain't about me. It's all about the overall mission. And so as Minister Perry comes forth tonight, I, I just wanted to share that that blessed me. And I hope that you were blessed by all the things that he said. And I know you're going to be blessed by what he's going to share with us tonight. Ladies, let's, let's give uh, Brother Rodney or Minister Perry a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you. Good, Marcus. Amen. Thank you, brother. I love you. But setting it up like that, that's perfect on the way he did that and, and how he brought that to be. Let me just get some notes in hand here a little bit, and then we'll focus right in. So as he mentioned last week, we kind of talked about what submission was, and we talked about that. First Peter 3, 1 and 7, Marcus, and we talked about that. And now tonight, we're, gonna talk, we're talking a little bit about intimacy and submission based on a question that Sister Adrian got from the audience. And so when we talk about submission, we're gonna, before we get there, there's understanding about submission is it doesn't happen overnight. And then we're going to talk about the difference between submission and sex. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about respect and love. We're going to talk a little bit about how to become one. And we're talk about how, you hear me here a lot tonight and say, how to make the cake and don't eat the icing first. So you're going to talk about that first on how women see, women see intimacy in a way of making the cake. And men see intimacy, I want the icing first. So oftentimes, men, Brother Lathan, we, we want to go straight for the icing, and we didn't spend the time all day making the cake. And the intimacy to a woman is in making the cake, hanging out with Beth Lathan, doing stuff with her, connecting with her, doing, just doing stuff with her. And that's what formed the intimacy for Beth, and we'll talk about that. But oftentimes, brothers, we in turn want to go straight into the icing. And so you hear me talk all the time about, hey, you got to make the cake. Don't eat the icing first. Make the cake. And as we get into it, and we're going to start talking about it, and women, you're going to talk to me a little bit about what intimacy means. And intimacy to a point is a connection of two people. It could be sister-sister. It could be brother-brother. Anything forms intimacy, and we're going to talk through that on how you break intimacy and understand that as well. But first, before we do anything, let's go ahead. I think 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7 set it up. Ephesians 5, 28, 21 through 31 sets it up. And then we'll die right to 1 Corinthians 7. And then we're going to turn over to the audience like we did last week. So I'm going to try to get through a lot of it. Uh, Mark, last one we talked about that. Uh, let's go to the next verse, Mark. Let's get to verse 5 and 6. Okay. And then we talked last week. Later, help me out with uh, this is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accept the authority of their husband. So they made themselves. God talked last week about, like you said, nothing wrong with looking beautiful. But God said, why are you going to look beautiful somewhere in the public and you're not going to look beautiful on the inside with me? So we're going to talk a little bit, not too much about dwell on that. We talked about beautiful, being beautiful last week, and we now know that in the eyes of God, look good, always look good, women, but always focus on the inside first. Uh, then we went straight to verse 6. They say, for instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him, uh, in New King James, they call him master. You're her daughters when you do what's right without fear of what your husband might do. So in the New King James Version, they call it master, call it Lord. And oftentimes we, have, we laugh about that, Brother L, because sometimes we focus on that word Lord. And some women just can't see calling their husband Lord. But in essence, we do use Lord sometimes. We are, for those that rent, we say, that's my landlord. 
And we, so we don't say, it's not that we don't say it, and we, from a landlord perspective, we say he controls my pro- his property in his house. And I only can do so much in the landlord. And for those, for me, Randon, um, uh, there are only certain things I can do to that house because I have a landlord. I got to ask permission. I, uh, Lynn and I lost the, I probably lost the remote control to the garage, and I need to order two remote controls. I had to call the landlord. If I wanted to paint the house major, I had to call the landlord. I cannot let anyone rent in the house unless I talk to the landlord. So you're used to the role of that. And we're going to talk about how to get complicated with husband and wife. So we're used to asking for permission. And we're used to submitting. It's just the fact is when it gets to husband and wife, uh, it gets a little tricky there. But in instance, Sarah did tell, call Abraham Lord. And as Pastor mentioned, Sarah had an influence over Abraham. Influence. So anybody in a, permission, in a position, you all would have been able to influence. And she influenced Abraham to go sleep with a handmaid. Uh, well, not good advice, but she was able to influence him to do it, and he did it. So you can see as we start getting to this word, Lord, uh, I don't think we need to walk around the house and say, Lynn, need to call me Lord. I just think she didn't understand the authority coming from that word. And Sarah called it, ma- they called it master to go even deeper, but we won't dwell on that too much. Let's go to the next verse, and let's get into it so we can get into Ephesians. So in the same way, he said, you have to give honor to your wife. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. And we're going to talk about oneness in a few minutes. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Let's break that down a little bit. So in the same way, your husband must give honor to your wife. In other words, they talk about you got to put your wife on a pedestal. You, you got to be tender with your wife. And Bishop Jake called it right. He said, you got, you're washing dishes. Bishop Jake said, you, you got two dishes in the sink. You got a crystal or you got a jelly jar. And your wife is, your wife is crystal. So you don't slam jelly jar. You don't slam crystal anyway, and you don't talk to crystal anyway. We're going to talk about that in a minute when two become one. We're going to find out later that you're going to find out when two become one. Actually, when you disrespect your wife, you're disrespecting you because you're just one. That's when you say bad things about your husband, say bad things about you because you're just one. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So then she may be weaker than you are. And, and the definition that we know, she, you know she's physically, most women are physically weaker than men. And we know that. And we know in that time of position, she was also weaker. We know at that time women didn't, wouldn't end the word as much. They weren't allowed to. And we know women were treated as property for a long time, my brother. So we know even in position, they were weaker. But that don't mean that just because someone weaker that you, gotta, you still can't honor her. So even though she's weaker physically, I still should lift her up and honor her. Okay, but she's your equal partner in God's gift. I think that's more important than anything what you showed last week with the two couples, that they're equal in God's eyes. In the eyes, no matter what role you play, in the eyes of God, you're equal. In football, the quarterback is no more better than the receiver. The receiver is no more better than the running back in the eyes of the coach. So when you start looking at that, then more important to say, treat herself as your prayer, treat her as you should. So your prayer will not be hindered. And in another verse, they say, you know, you have to study your wife. You have to understand your wife and know your wife. And to the point of, uh, I call it this right here later. I already took some of my stuff that we'll talk about. So this is a hundred-piece puzzle. And so for me to put this together, and soon it was Lynn, I got to really understand Lynn. To understand what Lynn's picture looked like. So I got to put all these, I won't do it up here. 
but I got to put all these puzzle pieces together to understand what Lynn looks like. And to do that, Adrian, I have to really know her, know her behavior, know what she likes, and understand, study her to the point that understands so when we pray, we pray for the same thing, and we're, in, and we're in agreement when we pray. So a lot of time, men, when we don't know our mate like we should know our mate, and we hear our wife crying out, our mate crying out and say, you don't know me. I know you, but you don't know me. So you hear the words sometimes when they do that. But the Bible said more important, if you don't do it, he said your prayer's not going to get answered. And with your prayers not being answered, we were like, why pray? So when I go to pray now at night, I got to make sure Lynn and I are on one accord. So when I go to bed at night, I got to make sure me and Lynn straight. Because Lynn praying for one thing, I'm praying for another thing, and both of us equal in the eyes of God. But we disconnected, also in the eyes of God. So no way that our prayers can get answered. You look at Psalms 133, you say where? He said, where there is unity, but God commands a blessing over the household. So as we start looking at life with my couple there, Stephen, they got to understand what things they are connect, what things they have agreed upon, and let's go in prayer. Now that we go in prayer, let's walk in faith in that. But if she's thinking one thing and he's thinking another thing, that's when, you, that's when your prayers don't get answered because you're in agreement. All right, let's move forward because I want to really get into 1 Corinthians. Mark, let's go to Ephesians 5.25. And, and we'll go through that chapter. Again, I'm going to try to speed through this to get to, some, get to this uh, intimacy where I want to go. Okay, Ephesians 5.21. Well, we already know that in Ephesians 5.21, we talked last week about you have to submit one to another out of reverence of Christ. So we learned last week that we have to submit, that both parties have to submit. And Brother Lathan did a great job to understand the role of submission. And we submit to what? Our roles and our responsibilities. And our roles, are, and we're not talking about roles that you cook and I clean. So I can show you all the roles scripturally what he wants you to talk about. And it has nothing to do with you cook and I clean, or you take the trash out, I don't. No, those roles can be defined in the household when you have your vision statement with your family, and you can talk about there. But there are some godly roles that he wants to submit to that we're about to get into a few of them. But there are not many here. A lot of them I'll share, we'll share later. We'll have time. Let's go to Marcus. Let's keep going. Let's go to verse 25. We got through that. Uh, and we learned last week, husband the head of wife as Christ is the head of the church. So we already know, understand that. That's going to get interesting right there because now you start looking at the characteristics of Christ and you're going to start thinking about something called agape love, like Tony Evans said, agape love. So when Jesus died, when you look at that word love in the Greek, when Jesus died, Jesus did it from an agape perspective. So when we love our wife, we love our wife from an agape perspective and not an eros perspective. It'd be interesting if we understand that. Now, when we got married, a lot of us got married because we look at arrows first. We look at the sex first, but we didn't look at the dying to self, more important than anything, for, the, for that person, the agape love. So let's go right here. So a husband, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. Again, agape, agape love. So agape love, Christ died for you and you still sin. And agape love, Christ died for you and you still disobedient. And agape love, Christ died for you and you don't even trust him. You see where I'm going? Brothers, so he's looking for us to be in a god pay love. So that's going to start building upon intimacy in a little bit in a minute. So you can see it's the god pay love. That means I do things for her, and she don't have to do nothing for me at night. That's a god pay love. If you did it the other way, it's Philo's love, what Tony talks about a little bit. It's Philo's love where he say, 
if you do me wrong and you do me right, I'll do you right. And oftentimes in marriages, we'll get into that feel of love of where if you treat me wrong, I'm going to treat you wrong. But as Marvin and I become, stay good friends to each other. If Marvin and I stop being good to each other, we're not going to be good friends. That's Philo's love as we get through it. So let's go to it. So, so then now you look at it. So he, now Adrian, the brother, died in agape love, verse 26, said, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleanse of God's word. So this way it gets important that now, because you are the head of the household and you, much like Christ died, when they make a mistake, we say, can't jump all over That's why when somebody else do wrong, Latham, we got to bring the word back. Even when they get smart, you still can't re respond to the smartness. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, because we're going to talk about intimacy killers in a minute. So as you look at that, you still, brothers, we still got to take the high road like Jesus. Even though, Jesus, even though we do Jesus wrong, he say, I'm going to do you wrong, Major. He never says that. Even though sometimes we're afraid to talk about Jesus, he still talk about you. Still talk about how great you are. Even public, we may not even mention his name, but still in heaven, he's still mentioning your name. See how you get into washing and cleaning and how we as men should operate? Let's go to verse 27, 28 right quick. Let me get in there. Oh, they didn't. They didn't pull them up. They didn't read the email. That's okay. Yeah, pull it up. Yeah. That's okay. So what happens in verse 28 through 31, it starts talking more about, I got it right here. I'll read it from here later. They say the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man loves his wife, actually love himself. So he tells us that we have to love our wives to the point that we love, uh, love our own body. So now you see it, Ms. Martha, what you're saying, that love is so much that we got to give so much to the relationship. All they have to do in a role is submit to your authority, but we have to give so much into it where we actually do more submitting than they do because you're submitting to God, she's submitting to God. Actually, you have to die to self. Let's go on. So no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. This is where I want to get to. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and joins to his wife, and the two are become one. Now, I want to focus on that a little bit. So the Bible, in, in some version, the, when we see the word two becoming one, actually what they're talking about being fused to the point that they fuse so well that they lose their identity in themselves. So they're no, no longer individual. And we'll get to intimacy in a minute. We're going to talk about that, why two become one. Let me show you an example of that. I can't now. So my grandson, right, Latham? So you know this is about different colors of Playgo because he took them all apart. So if, there was, so if you see the blue and you see purple, it actually, the blue and red Play-Doh, two parts became purple. So that's why you in the military, we always say when we work in the Army and Air Force, the Navy, we say we are purple. We're not Air Force, we're not Army, we're not Marine, we're not Navy, we are purple. In our marriage, we are purple. Even though it's two of you all, but I took blue and red together here, two pieces become one, it is now purple. And they fuse together. Let's talk about that a little bit. So oftentimes what happens when it comes to marriage, Latham, we, we, don't be, we don't get fused, we get glued together. So when we get glued together, 
oftentimes then what happens when we get glued together, we can unglue it. That's why we get divorced. That's why we're glued together, not fused together. Because we can unglue it. We can pull a glue apart. So actually in marriage, and we're going to talk about that why a minute as we get into intimacy. We're going to talk about something, right? So let's take the puzzle pieces again. So the puzzle that we start forming intimacy, I'm bringing you all up right now. Come on up in a minute. Come on up and you stand there. So at the puzzle pieces, right? So this is what we did. This is what, I, this is what we did, men of brothers, when we got married. Boy, she looked good. And they say, boy, he looked good. Let me get another piece. Like that color. They say, like this. They say, boy, she look good. I like her. Those ladies are the best. They say, boy, he look good. I like her, right? I like her. Because see, on the outside, they look good, but they don't fit. They don't fit. So when God has to do, because we date the person, not the personality, so now God has to mold both of them to make it fit. But what we want, Adrian, we say, I'm all right. I just need this part to fit me. And both of them say that. Nothing wrong with me, God. You made me perfect. But I can't get blue. I can't get purple unless red and blue decide to say, we got to do some shaving around here. Because even though red go in there, it still don't fit perfect. Blue got to give in too. And that's how we struggle. So when we get into intimacy, when we get into intimacy, let me get a piece that fit right quick. So intimacy, as we start getting to intimacy and we start dealing with, then we start closing, we get together. And when we're in intimacy during the daytime, it fits just like that. And that's where we want to get to. Let's talk about an example right quick. So husband and wife right here, the Stevens, my, my great people. So they already know they went and talked, they got a vision, and they equal with God. I'm God, they stand equal with us. She took her role right there. And now let's start talking about intimacy and let's start talking about how the enemy break intimacy and let's start thinking through this, right? So the enemy don't want you to have intimacy. And we know this, the whole, we already know this, through our life, marriage is an example of the, of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So y'all got to look at marriage from that point of a unity piece. So in the Trinity, we have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all equal in essence, much like y'all, all equal in essence. But when we start talking about role, Jesus took a subservient role to the Father. Much like husband and wife, when you took a role, you say, I'm equal with you, but for it to carry it out, I have to take a subservient role to the Father. So we know that. So now we know how the enemy break up intimacy. So first thing we look at is, first thing we look at with intimacy having problem is, one of the things is communication. One of the things is communication. So he, in communication, the enemy can start there. You take one step that way. Okay. Then another thing is selfishness. You take one step that way. And another reason the enemy don't like is, like someone told me, the, lady, the young lady said, trust. No trust. Because you're not, you're not a man of your word. And another one is the enemy say, is, is, is because of you, you just won't do your role. I'm perfect, you're not. See how I can go on and on and on and see how the enemy takes all the negative about a person and we dwell on the negative and still dwell on what we have in common? So what do we have in common, Adrian? We have in common what? We both imperfect. <laughs> we both going to make a commitment back to the Father, and we'll start moving close together. Because married two imperfect people come together. So as you come, I want you to do this. I want you to come like that, but stop right here because I get back. So as you come to Christ, and you come, come to the angle, look how close they come together as they come to Christ. 
Look what you got. Look what you got. You see what I'm saying? So it's never the other person. As you move closer in, and you're moving, you're all going to meet together right there and there. Awesome work. Let's have a let's, you can have You can be seated. I just love you all. You're my favorite. Thank you. All right. Did it make sense to you a little bit? But we go on, so we're going to go on a little bit deeper than that, right? Just a little bit deeper than that. I got all kinds of stuff later. I got to figure out which one. So today I look up at what is intimacy, right? It's the closest between people in personal relationships. So you can have all types of intimacy. You can be, Major and I can be intimate if, 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 we talk, if I talk about the Bible. There's a connection with Major and I. You can all type. But intimacy is not, intimacy and sex is not synonymous. It's not synonymous by no means. Now, I don't want to go deeper. Let's go to 1 Corinthians before I even start. Let me, because time moving. Let me get right into 1 Corinthians 1 through 7. Then we'll talk a little bit more about intimacy. Go ahead. 1 Corinthians 1 through, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 16. I want to get through that. So now what's happened in this chapter, Latham, we know the church of Corinth. We know Corinth was a city. Uh, major, actually in Corinth, major, they had a temple. Uh, the, the, the pagan was there. Another, another god is called Aphrodite. And we know a lot of sex was going on there. In fact, they had about 1,000 prostitutes in that temple. So in Corinthians, my brother, they talk a lot about sexual immorality. And they talks about should we be married, should we not be married, because so a lot of sex going on. But it don't make it with intimacy, it's just that how they worship through that way. So let's look, at what, let's look at what Paul says. He said, now regarding the question you asked in your letter, they asked Paul, is it good to abstain from sexual relationship? Paul asked the question. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. So Paul basically telling you right now, it's good, but you, can, but you, you need to be doing it inside of marriage. Not anytime else. You need to be doing this. So let's go on. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual need and the wife should fulfill her needs. And we're going to talk a little bit deeper. I just picked up on some later. So we know the wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. So what he's saying there, at first we understand there's a need because God made with need. And we don't want to get deeper into who has the most needs and this and that. We don't want to get it. I don't want to get into who, 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 who has the most desire. That's for a marriage club. We can go deeper with that. But what it focuses is that if you study your person, you knew, you knew who you married. And you also, through marriage, you knew, you knew people changes over time. So, brother, if people change over time, women for physical means or whatever, you always go back to that agape love. You always got to go back to that agape love. But women, we're going to talk a little bit about understand you know your mate. And you know what Satan want to do to pull that mate apart. And nothing brings a mate better more than intimacy. But intimacy happens, again, in different ways, right? So how do we create intimacy and you determine what that intimacy is going to end up being, but how do we create intimacy, right? So I don't want you to always think sex. I do think, how do we create intimacy? Because we're going to talk about something in a minute, and I'll lay it out there now. I'll lay this out to you. Learn this from a woman. A woman told me this. She said, when men have sex, they think everything is all right. When everything is all right, women want to have sex. When men have sex, they think everything is all right. When everything is all right, women want to have sex. From a woman. From a woman. Can I get an amen, women? 
right. So we're going to talk. Number one, it's not going to be that easy. You got to understand that it's not that easy. It's not as easy as we think it is. And so I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and cheat a little bit. Got to cheat a little bit. So a little bit, I'm going to cheat you up a little bit, man. So men always worry about the, the bottom lock. But the key is focus on the top lock first. Am I right, women? When, men all, look at the women know what I'm talking about. When, men always worry about opening the bottom lock. But in essence, the key is open the top lock. <laughs> you got something? <laughs> one more time. One more time, Adrian. One more time, Adrian. One more time. One more time. Adrian, for Adrian, one more time, man. Listen. Men focus on the bottom lock, open the bottom lock, but instead they should be focused on the top lock first. Go ahead, man. Not to, not to that. I'm still on the part where he said men, men want to have sex when every when men think everything is all right. I, I say that say that part again. So, <laughs> women, you want hey, you want to explain it to him how you want me to say it? No, you, no, all right, all right. So, hey, it was saying, was, that woman told me this. Serious. Okay, okay. A woman told me something here from a woman. But women. Okay, okay, okay. He said, a woman told me this, and it resonated. Oh, okay. She said, when men have sex, they think everything is all right. Stop right there. No. It don't have to be all right. If, 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 if I want to have sex, I want to have sex. It, it, they, everything don't have to be all right. Be, be, no, because 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 we're we're sexual beings. I mean, everything don't have everything don't have to be all right for me to. I'm just being honest. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna get into that in a minute, Major. Stay right there. No, I love that, Major, because we're gonna walk through that in a minute, Major. I love that. I love that. But I need my women to talk when I start when I bring when we when we get there. Okay. All right, so y'all gotta talk now. So, Major, you're exactly right. So, it goes back to Major, I don't want to go too deep. It goes back to, we're going to talk about in intimacy. Let me get through, let me get through this, because Major, you're going to open everything up. Let me get through this. I promise, Pastor, I'm going to get through these verses. Let me get through these verses for you. Please, give me, give me, give me eight, five minutes to get through these verses, because you're ready to open some stuff up. Let's go. Uh-oh, verse five. But you hold it. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. This is New Living Translation. So the Bible says, watch this, there's a difference between de deprive and refuse. See, I can, see, I can tell my child, I can tell my child, he can say he's hungry. And that don't mean I have to give him the best food at that moment. Because really, he only need like 800 calories a day to live. Why well, did women look at that? So I never did refuse him. And I really haven't deprived him. See where I'm going? <laughs> but why did women? Let's talk about this in a minute. I'm not done, Major. Why this? So there's a difference between refuse and deprive, but you got to know your husband. I'm going to help you out, Major. You got to know your husband that Major can't live on 800 calories. 
but deprivation can come while she's waiting for everything to be all right. And I'm wanting to have sex when everything ain't all right. I know, we're going to talk about that, man. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Boy. So that sounds like refuse to me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Major, let me get through that. Can you make sure Major hold on to that? Because we about to open up because the women yeah. ready to talk. Oh, yeah, because I want to clearly define what deprive mean in the Greek. <laughs> I, I wrote that one down. Yeah, he gonna like it. He gonna like it. He gonna like the pride in Greek. The bottom line is you gotta realize this in the relationship. Again, you got a real relationship. I don't want to talk about past talk about last week. I don't want to get in your bedroom. What qualify? How many? Blah, no, no, no. And we don't want to know. Part of this is going to go back to communication and how to operate through this. But let me get through the verse because we'll be opening up the telephone and the line is going to start running. All right. So after what, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you. This is a trick of the enemy, which you just brought up. This is a trick of the enemy. See, sometimes the enemy will say to your mind, to the women, say, you know what? I know he needs five, six days a week. He ain't getting it. You see where I'm going? So if he can split it, and he can bring you apart. So when Lee and I, so when you get mad with a couple, right? Verse first thing a couple do in bed. You sleep on your side. You sleep on his side. Or the couch is somewhere. Oh, on the couch is somewhere. So the enemy already won because he didn't bring you together. So you have Lee and I a lot. So when I got smart, well, I say, I don't have to hold you. I'll just hold your pillow or your pajamas. And she started laughing. Because she realized, you don't want me to touch you. I love you so much. I'm just going to hold you. I'm going to go get the other pajamas and hold over. Pretend it's you. What? <laughs> 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 I'm not going to major house. I'm not going to go to major house. Pastor, you be careful what you say and put words in major mouth. All right. So let's go through it. So the same won't be able. But the bottom line is, we know your mission and your marriage what, two important people come together to glorify God. We know Satan does not want you to be married, and we know Satan doesn't want you to be happy. So if you can do anything to, to break apart marriage, because marriage is a simple what? The Trinity. It's nothing more, nothing more symbolic of the Trinity than a marriage. So if Satan can just take marriages and break them apart, he just said, see, I told you. God ain't, no matter you ordain God, whatever you ordain God, I can tear it down. See, you always see it from that boy. Ever God a day, he said, how can I tear it down? And he don't come in a day and say, I'm going to tear it down today. It's through communication. It's through little things that build up that we don't talk about. But let's keep going because I said I could be done in 45. Yes, sir. Yeah. What did he say, pals? Pals don't want me to skip nothing. He, he did say in that scripture that when they decide to do that, Major, uh, they got to agree. They got to agree. Got to be some form of agreement. So it got to be so she don't be mad. Yeah. Zantel got to plead her case till you agree that, hey, we agree a week, whatever, then we're yep. going to get back together because we don't want the devil to get in between us. Yep. But, 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 but Pastor left out a very important part. It was one, one, one reason. <laughs> <laughs> For prayer. For Go ahead, Rodney. Yeah, look at him. All right, so, Pastor, you, you brought up a great point that they have to agree. 
and we'll talk about a minute. We'll just talk about a minute. In the next verse, we're going to talk about what? We already talked about whose body belongs to who. So we're going to get deeper into what Pastor just said, that agreement. Because Major can say, I don't want you to make Major can say, no, your body belongs to me. And she can say, your body belongs to me. Yep. So yo, you say, you say submit. She say, you submit and don't touch me. <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to get to is, what I'm trying to get through, walk through is, it, I don't want you to leave here and say, oh, I'm going to go put the word on you. That's what I'm trying to know. Please don't, because you don't want anybody to put the word on you when it comes to your boss at work or anything else. And we're going to talk through that. So, mate, this is why we got to get through it, understand this oneness piece to make it work. Because if, I don't because you don't want nobody just going through the motion. Thank you. Okay. God, when women said again, see, when women don't feel intimacy and they do it out of obligation, now they're just going through the emotion. I through the motion of it. I can tell you. So Lynn said, Rodney, you need to go shopping with me. I'm like, okay. But she knew I don't want to go. Well, I'll go anyway. I did what she said. But she didn't have a great time because she knew I didn't want to go. So if you love your mate, you want your mate to have a good time too. You see where I'm going? It's so much better when both partners have a good time. And, and just with one partner, right, women? So that's why you got to build a relationship. It's just more different essence. And we're going to talk about intimacy. Just because you have sex is not intimate in the minds of women. It's not intimate. Because their intimacy is tied into all their emotions and everything else with it. It's not, it's not, it's not a physical thing most times. It's an emotional thing. Amen. And women, we talk about women. Women are more caring than men in a way. When men, where did women, I don't want to go married, but women think about men most time all day. A lot of times. But we, but we men, let's talk a little deeper. Women are more worth nurturing and caring about the relationship. Why this? George will get this. George, if you fry two pieces of fish, three pieces of fish, and one of the fish crumbled and broke up, would you take that one, or would you give that to your husband? She would take it. See, all the women said they would take it. No, no, they, they yes. Oh, you're so funny. What I'm going to get to, women related to me, they always going to be in a mindset of taking care of. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. You can give prayer. Go ahead. Aiden, you got any questions coming in yet? Okay. Let's go back to where we were with Major. Okay, now, we, we, you, you, you're upset, right? Now, what about the agape part of this thing now? Shouldn't I be able to deny myself just to satisfy you? Because, you know, the agape thing say, hey, look, there's no conditions here. Yep. Yeah, and, no, you know, if, if we know each other, we know the clues that's been given out of our day. 
Well, don't wait to bedtime to bring up all these problems of your, <coughs> what you're upset about. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So we got to revert back to the agape part where say, hey, look, <laughs> I want my partner to be satisfied even if I'm not. Amen. All right, Fred, let's talk a little bit about that. Boy, I, you turned this into a marriage. I knew I was getting into a marriage class. So let's talk about women again in a marriage. So women, men can, men can most men compartmentalize. You know what I'm saying? Going. Most women, a lot of women don't. This doesn't apply to everybody because nothing's absolute. So watch this. So Fred, you like football? So Fred liked football. So when Fred watched football, he watched football in Fred's football room. Living room. So Deborah comes in and she sits down and she asks Fred a question. And because Fred asks him, Fred watching football, Fred say, wait. Can't answer right now. Or Fred snap and say, I'm busy. Don't, I'm trying to talk to Fred. Fred trying to watch the game. And Deborah leaves out. That was in the football room. So Fred goes to bed. And now Fred is in the bedroom. So Fred forgot what happened in the football room, but Deborah didn't forget what happened in the football room. Am I right, women? Where Fred can compartmentalize and say, that was the football room, honey. Now we're in the bedroom, honey. Deborah said, no, it's all one. I can go deeper with that, right? So brothers, Oftentimes, when you did everything, when you got your kids, you did everything to make the answers because you're going to be the night of the night. First thing happens is when your kid make them mad. And when your kid make their mama mad, what's going to happen to your night of the night? Because they, you compartmentalize a lot of things they don't compartmentalize like that. I know I'm going to help you with this. So you got to understand now, when you watch football, Lathan, if you snap at Beth, you're going to hear about it in the bedroom, even though you thought you was in the football room. We don't compartmentalize. It could be on your job. Lynn called me at work on my job, and I can snap at Lynn. That was the job. Got to go. But when I come home, and I'm trying to get in the bedroom, we go back to still 12 o'clock at the job. Rodney. Okay, if this happened in the living room, that's settled in the dining room, so when we get to the bedroom, this will be already taken care of. Bingo! You exactly right. But you gotta be cognizant of that you messed it up in the in the you mess it, you gotta catch it before you get in the bedroom. But you, but you said you said earlier though, like uh she shouldn't hold that against me. You said earlier that hey, you can't, See, you can't, you, we can't go. Well, you did this, so now I'm gonna do this. You said that early. You're right. She shouldn't hold her against you. But yeah. then I, then you exactly. You still can do what you want to do. But remember, I told you, how it's better when both of them when. when well, the, but no. If if she's not supposed <laughs> to hold it against me, then she's not supposed to hold it against me. It, it's, it's not an and or. It's not well. If if major, if you did everything right, then okay, you get what you want to do. But major, we go like, said You said earlier. What? You said we're not supposed to hold it against each other. She can't right. say, well, because I came in there and you was watching right. football. It, now, now when we get to the bedroom, I got something for you. It, and it ain't what you think. And it ain't what you think. That's what you said earlier. All right, right this. Ephesians. That's what you said. Ephesians 
Ephesians 5.26. Go to Adrian. I mean, you go talk, Adrian. Marcus, go to Ephesians 5.25.5.26. Yeah, but I'm going to show you what I said earlier, too. <laughs> You're exactly right, but I'm going to show you the, the, the get out of jail scripture for them in a minute. <laughs> so, to make her holy, wash it by the cleansing of the word. Keep going to the next one. He did this to present himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blue. Instead, she would be holy without fault. Even if she didn't do right, even if you still got to honor her. See how these scriptures come back? I told you that's why it's so hard for the love. You still have to honor her, and you still remember to say love her as Christ loved the church. Even if she do wrong, you got you Jesus. You Jesus. Even if she do wrong, we still got to do right. Right, right. Okay, I got that. I got that. But it's, it's the other way too, right? Right? Church I mean, and Jesus. Right there. Church and Jesus. Wait a minute. Church, she's the church. Do Jesus, do Jesus go tell the church? You got to do right. Okay, got it. <laughs> got, got it. Okay, so, so, so I messed up in the football room, right? So now I get to the bedroom. She can't say, well, bruh, you messed up in the football room, so guess what? Now, I'm going to mess up in the bedroom. She's not going to mess, you know, like, but she's, she's not going to mess up in the bedroom. She still would do what you want to do in the bedroom. The key is, did you create intimacy or did you have sex? That's it. Well, wait a minute. I didn't get a chance to create nothing because she... <laughs> Go ahead. You're right. Go ahead. Go you ahead. ain't going to get a chance to create nothing. <laughs> proud to beg. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, Go ahead, I'm not. It's all about emotion. It, it's all about emotions and feelings. She's not going to walk in the room and remind him what he did. But her attitude going to change completely when she's ready to go to bed. 
Girls know she mad, she don't feel like even talking, let alone, okay? So you have to find your way out to figure a way to apologize or do something nice, do something different. Because it's not about you. It's not all about you. Oh, we're going. <laughs> let's get through this for a minute. <laughs> this is this is good. I'm glad you are bringing it up, and uh, and you hit it on the head, Major. And the point here, they, I don't think they've. It's the point we want to get to is, did they enjoy it themselves, or we, or we, or did they? And that's what Fred would get into it too. You want to get to a point of where you do create intimacy, and not just and not just be more animalistic with it than anything else. Uh, all right, let's keep going, and then we'll get there. All right, First Corinthians, First Corinthians, First Corinthians Marcus, uh, verse seven, six or seven. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse. I think we right there. Go one, go back to six. Go back, go back to six. All right, so. Do not deprive. We talk about it unless you both agree to refrain from. And so, women, we do know we got to understand what, go back to what Major said and Latham said. We understand why would we want, go back to them couple again. Come in, come in, upstairs. Come in. You know, when the Bible says, do not deprive each other. So that means sometimes, men, you may. Side, you mad too? Yes, exactly, Pastor. Yes, man, All right. I, I know it's real. I'm coming that way, but <laughs> hey, and I, I gotta add this: when y'all think intimacy, y'all automatically thinking sex. Intimacy, intimacy is not just sex. Nope. And that's part of the problem. You, you, you trying to just sex? Can, what's going on with the bedrooms? It's not even in the bedroom sometimes. Nope. I'm not looking at you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you hit it on the head, Adrian. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And uh, let's talk about what Pastor just brought up and Adrian brought up. A good word, deprive. And if you notice something else what this couple did, I didn't even tell them. And to the women, it meant a lot to them. They hold a hand. To the women, that's what? what? Starting a sign of intimacy. Start a sign of intimacy that you will hold a hand. So you know him, and we know the greater mission. And your mission is that you love her enough that you're not going to deprive her. You love him enough that you're not going to deprive him. You're not going to deprive him, even though sex, but you're not going to deprive her of happiness because you're going to honor her, you're going to cherish her. So when you dated her, everything you did, you did it in a way of making her feel good. So I know when we got, I know I tell people, teenagers all the time, you date for two reasons. I always tell teenagers. And then, like I said, you date for sex or you date for marriage? I said, you figure out which one. But Tony Evans brought a great point. He said, I, I married you so I can date you the rest of my life. So the principle is, because I married Lynn, and I've been guilty of this, not, I have not dated her the rest of my life. So even though intimacy happens, over time, intimacy can go away if you just stay the routine, routine, routine. And you got to go back and pick up the dating piece as far as the spark back in it. Because they get routine, routine, even though it's routine for him and her, after a while, 
they need a little spark in their marriage, even for him, even though he getting everything he want, even though he getting everything he want, and when she's not depriving him, but in the routine, and he knows when there's intimacy in it, he knows when there's a connection in it, and when there's not a connection in it. And the question is, with just like cocaine, once you get a hit of the high connection, you always chasing that high connection. And even though you did, deep down, you know you didn't create intimacy. And the goal for a man is, how do I create intimacy, back to Adrian, not in the bedroom, but how do I create intimacy today? Got another fuck, right? Yeah, I'll let you get out. 83 year old guy, preacher, cut my hair one day, 84 years old. He said, You're talking about relationship, cut my hair. I'll never forget what he said. He said, Men, he told me, he said, If you take care of them while they're on their feet, they will take care of you under the sheet. 84 year old man told me that. What he was saying is, if we treat you right out of the bedroom all the time, you don't have to worry about in the bedroom. And that we were saying, the intimacy started there, the making the cake started there. You can be, you can be seated. But what I want to show that is, you cannot let nothing deprive your sanctuary of your home, of your essence. Go ahead. Can, can, I, can, I, can I give you the Greek definition of that word, deprive? Go ahead. Because that's important. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the, it's going to help everybody. Go ahead, lady. Because the word, the Greek, the Greek, the, the word deprive in the Greek means to rob and use deception. Yep. So in other words. Go ahead, preacher. So in other words, when we're in the bedroom, I got a headache. <laughs> and you're lying. That's what that's saying. And so, and so, so, so don't get it twisted. Yep. You, that's why I'm saying, hey, listen, I get all of that stuff. I know I'm supposed to make the cake and all of that, but when we get in there, it's talking about do not deprive each other of sexual. In other words, don't lie. He's right. He's right. You can't lie. You got to talk about it. Don't lie. Don't you got to talk about it. If you don't want to give it to me, just tell me. You're just tell me, right, But don't lie. Don't make me feel like you got a headache because I'm just like getting a Tylenol or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in an hour. But well, I'm, I'm just being real. No, I'm just being funny. But I'm just trying to yeah. make a point. Don't lie. Be real. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly right. And we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is he exactly right with that. So let's keep going through it. So we're going to get through this. Then we're going to open up. Then I'll share more. I didn't get through this, though. Uh, let's go to verse 6. I say it's a concession, not as a command. Let's go to the next one. But I wish everyone was single just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. And we know Paul. We got to teach that one. So Paul says that here that it was up to him. He was everybody single. He's not directing that everyone be single. He just said it was up to me. I wish everybody be single. But that's what you would do single class now, right? Single people. So Focus is on when you're single, Paul said we should have more time to give to the Father. So as for a lot of singles, if we spend more time doing God's work, you know, the other person, you know, what you're looking for will come, Matthew 6, 33, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Too often the enemy tricks us, Adrian, and say, no, we're going to go chase it ourselves. 
versus doing this. See, I'm a big believer that if you do this, I believe that God would bring what you need, but you got to show God you can love him single first before you try to love him being married. Too often we want to get married and love God versus understand if you can't love him single, you sure not going to have time to love him married. So I'm a big believer that, that when people are single, that they do this verse and they give themselves to God and do this verse and into God. I believe that God will give you whatever you want. But if I think you sit back and waiting and trying to do it yourself, I don't, I don't think it happens. I really think that when he commits yourself, that when he say you're single, we are committed ourselves to that. And some people say, well, Paul said he wished that, that that would happen. Next, so I say to those who are married and, and to widows, it doesn't stay unmarried just as I am. So Paul said, if you've been, if you've been, been around a long time, I was getting Paul preaching from a mindset of Paul, that he'd been single, and Paul sold out to the point. Paul still said, this is not a command that you need to be single. This is Paul saying, this what he... This way it works best for him and for anybody else from that mindset. But if someone wants to be married, surely God will bless you to be married. He's not saying you can't get married. All he's saying is when you're single, put the time in. Focus on him first and not anything else. Go ahead, Pastor. And that may be why some faith use that scripture to practice celibacy. Yep. Take vows of celibacy. So yep. I'm going to live on a mountaintop and just do God's work, or I'm going to vow that I'm not going to get married because I don't. But, and, and, but, he, but as you said earlier, he said, I say this by permission, not yep. by command. Yep. I'm not commanding you to do that. Nope. But, uh, and, and in the Catholic Church, that's why some priests stay <laughs> single, but then some broke away and did start to get married. But, you know, that's kind of, you see that play out in some religions. And then, Mr. Perry, I mean, so, I mean, just for, go ahead, just for knowledge sake, so the majority of people, you know, aren't in Christ before they get married. I mean, is that not true? Yes, I, I can't say majority, but a lot of people, you're right. I mean, but most. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're not following Christ before you get married. Well, no, you're exactly right. You didn't know what you signed up to. You're exactly right. Right. What you're saying, you didn't know what you signed up to, and it would make it hard. Yeah, so what Paul was saying was, yeah, it makes sense. If we were in Christ while we were dating, which you were dating while you were young, most people, I would say, and even before you got married, most times it's later on in life that you turn to Christ. I don't want to go. Some people's in Christ when they got married. I don't know who. Yeah, yeah. For that extreme case, you're exactly, you're exactly right. But a lot of people, when we got married, we still all of struggle, right? We struggle with marriage because of what you just told me earlier, right? We don't want to spend time. We don't really, it's, hard, it's hard to do some of this stuff the Bible say do, right? Uh, so what Paul going there is, you hit it on the head, if those of them have been married, if you don't have to get married, get married. If you not, can't burn, if you got to get married like Latham, if Latham's single, he said you got to get married. Latham got to get married. Latham tell you he got to get married. Paul said, I'd rather you get married, Latham. Go ahead. I had to get married. Because <laughs> I was burning. <laughs> and he said, it's better to get married than to burn, than to burn with passion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Well, I was a low down dirty scum. I, I, So, so, if you don't mind me asking, so what you're saying is you had to get married because you were having sex already or you got married because you wanted to have more sex or you got married because you wanted to have sex, period? Well, first of all, don't use me as your example, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you don't say it. You got to be saying No, you, you, you said, you said, you said, you said, you said, I had to get married. Now, my question is, Cause, cause my, my, my question, question was because I was burning with desire. So okay, and then so then my question was, and if I didn't get married, I was gonna do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Lathan. Yeah, I mean, were you already doing it? That ain't your business, baby. Okay. <laughs> so so my point was my point is this. So if you were already doing it, I mean, why were you burning? What are you burning for more desire? I mean, you was already doing it. <laughs> so why did you feel like? No, no, you you because you brought it up. Look you said that. you said I got married. Because I was burning with desire. And then I said, so, but you was already having sex, so. Yeah, but I didn't want to go to hell, Major. <laughs> you, had I'm saying. you had already decided <laughs> that you were going to have sex. All right. You already did that. <laughs> Next two verses, Morgan. Morgan, let's move on. Mark, I got to get through the verses. Let's go, Marcus. We got to close out the night. Let's go. Uh, keep going, Marcus. We're good right there. But they said they can't control themselves, what Lathan just said. Go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than burn with lust. And then he said, for those who are married, I have a command that comes from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. Go to the next one. But if she does leave him, let her remain single, or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. So go back to what Pastor preached a long time ago, that Jesus really emphasized marriage and not divorce. So the essence is, Paul talked to the Corinthian church, Look, a lot of sex going on out there, but you all need to stay married and you need to stay one another. That's really the issue of this. A lot of sex going on, but you need to stay married to one, to one another and have sex with one another. That's really the story. So now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord, what Pastor talked about permission. If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she will to continue to live with him, he must not leave her. Go back to what you said. If somebody got saved, now that you got saved, and your wife not acting right, he said you can't leave her. Next verse. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and is willing to continue to live with her, she must not leave him neither. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage. Yep. Stay with him. Yep. You can win him over with your kindness and your conduct. If you're married to a non-believer. So you stay with him acting crazy. <laughs> how crazy do you allow him to get? Him or her? It, how, how crazy do you it's, allow them to get before you say, okay, now nah, it depends. This on, is not. It's been. A, I know you got how you define craziness. It depends on that, right? And as, and that, that's why you don't really. It's a kind of set of courses because you got to know more about the story of what that is. It got to be more contextual. So through Lathan and Pastor, it'll come to a point after a while that, they, that they'll guide you through that because some people say, if I say, oh, man, if he, if he cursed me one more time, I'm gone. <laughs> or if he spent all the money, I'm gone. Or if she goes spend our money. Or if she go cheat on me, I'm gone. You see what I'm saying? 
I can't give you one blank. I can't give you a checklist to say when to go. What's that? The Bible talk about if a man is is committing fornication, while you know, you can leave. Yeah. And if I'm beating you, you should be able to leave as well. Yes. I mean, it's, it's several things that the Bible talk about that you can definitely leave or separate without um, the penalty of have to be have to stay by yourself for the rest of your life. Yes, and it go it goes deeper into that. Um, it, 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 what I want to get at is just not a checklist where it, we really try to encourage. I'm going to speak for Pastor Latham, Pastor. They probably really kind of encourage people to work it out. They don't sit there and say, "Oh, even he, even." He, Fornic cheating on you. I don't know if they go right there and say, oh, you can go. You know, there's some conflict. If the person don't want counseling and all that, it, it's more into it than that. And then we start getting to we start getting to why people cheat. That's a whole different su subject itself. It's not just always one-sided. We'll talk about respect in a minute. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. Go ahead and the next one. Not much said there. I want to talk about respect their men and love. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such case, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. For God has called you to live in peace. Don't you, don't you wives realize that your husband might be saved because of you? First Peter, what Paul talked about. And don't you husband realize that your wives might be saved because of you? First Peter, again. But let's talk about some quickly talk about you got any, let's talk about some of the things that break intimacy. So if we talk about husband right, what men want? Men typically want they want to be respected. Women typically want four things. I call them appreciation. Uh, they want appreciation. I call them the four A's, man. They want they want appreciation, they want attention, they want anticipation, and they want affection. So if we try to, and that's not, if you try to stay in those areas, what anticipation needs is kind of know what they want. And you want the same thing. So major, go back to you. Major say, man, it'd be nice if I don't have to ask for it. It'd be nice if she respect me. And one thing when we break intimacy is, I'm telling you, one thing break intimacy and momentum, men not respect it. I know we talk about love languages, right? So we always talk about love language that men most want what? They always say men want physical touch first, right? We always say that. And we typically say men want physical touch, and that means we want women to do the driving. In other words, you want men, women to touch you to make you feel like a king. But in the actual men really don't want physical touch first. They want respect first. So even though ladies say I want sex first, even though you're sex first, you really want respect first. Because I can, she can, you can have sex with her, and she can say, get off me. Out. Rodney, Rodney, so, so are, you talking about, are you talking about respect for their role? No, or, respect or you, for you, you as a man. You as a man. So what if, what if you're not living a life that deserves that? You know what I mean? I mean, if you, you, a man wanting respect, yeah, okay, you want it, but what are you doing to earn it? What does the Bible say about it? The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says what? Respect. You got a bad boss. You still got to respect him. You got a bad. So, so, but, but, 
I'm respecting him because of his position. So that's what I ask. So are, are, are women to respect a man no matter what he's doing because of the position you, that he's you, in? Yeah, you still respect the authority of the position. Yeah, now if he's treating you wrong and this and that, you don't lose respect for the position because you still go back to the husband wife, the submitted roles of that. But you don't change the idea and say, make a, make a circumstance, if I be good today, I'm going to respect you. If I, if I be bad today, you don't have to respect me. Okay, so, so, so if I said, okay, well, I don't know, I don't know if I'm asking the right question. So, so for, okay, for, for a woman then, when, when a man says, I want you to respect me, what, what do you think he's asking about? When a man said, me and you can help out on that. When a man say he wants you to respect him, you say you. What, what, what am I asking for? If I say, hey, I want you to respect me, what am I asking for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but, that, but that's a question. I mean, I mean, I mean that's so, a different so, form. Yeah, it's, it's different forms of respect. Yeah. What do you? What are you? What 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 do you? I don't want to get into you. So if, if somebody say, I say. Land, I want you to respect me. It could be to a point of, Land, I think you, the opposite of that, I'm going to answer according to disrespect, that you're not treating me in the position I am as your husband. How so? Because you just got, just, you just got smart with me. <laughs> Do you get smart with your boss every time? See, we, we, that's, but that's, to me, that's two totally different situations, or is it not? Is, it's not what I'm saying. If you can control your smart mouth with your balls, you can control your smart mouth anytime. But what if, but what if, okay, so, but what, but what if, if you did something to warrant that? She's still disrespecting you? But the Bible says about quiet spirit. Because <laughs> remember, go back up here, those two, right? The first day I said, you can stand up, don't get up. But I said, if he does wrong, what I told you who you still have to report to? Did I give you permission from God to say you can be wrong now? No. Let's talk about the but Abraham, you can be seen. Ab Abigail. Pastor, you remember the story of Abigail in 1 Samuel 25? Where Abigail and her husband. So Abigail, and uh, Abigail, the king, David, you remember the story? David, his boy was hungry, Pastor. You remember? And they wanted a lot of stuff. And they had to protect this dude, food and everything else. And they asked for food, asked to eat. And the king, like, nope, nope, I'm not giving that. His wife went behind his back, Abigail, because now I know David going to kill him. And she gave, saved the whole family because she gave it, gave it to him. So what I'm going with that is, let's talk about Esther, right, and Queen Bathsheba, the story in, in Esther. So even though Queen King, it's debatable, right, with that king, King Xerxes, was he disrespectful when he asked Queen Vashti to come parade in front of her? How did Queen Vashti respond? She didn't do it. What happened to Queen Vashti? When, when Esther went into the king and she wanted some, how did Esther treat the king when she wanted him to sign a decree? How did she treat him, Pastor? Did she treat him very humble with respect? Did it move the king? Did it move him? With King, let, I'll get you, Fred, another one. Let's go straight to Cain and Abel. When God as Cain, as Cain where's his brother? Did Cain get smart? And what happened to him? 
So, so I respect you when I want something from you. You respect, I respect pastor because I suppose the pastor don't have to be the, that don't mean Pastor Bo is perfect. So if Pastor Bo do something wrong today, he's still pastor. Much like with King Saul, when King Saul, David didn't touch King Saul, even though King Saul did a lot to David, David said, I didn't lay my, I'm not laying my hands on something God put in authority. Just because people in authority make mistakes, they don't lose their authority just because they made a mistake or they did something wrong. So as a, so as a husband, I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do as a man in my household. So I'm coming in late. I'm getting drunk. So my wife is still supposed to respect my position. Yes. Make. Yeah, a quiet, a, a, a spirit where she carries herself. Major, in our in our first session last week, when he had the couple up there, you got to look. She got to look beyond you and see what Jesus said about the position that you're in. Yes. See, so she got to respect you, not because you said it, but because Jesus has already said it. Because it was delegated to. You're right. It was delegated authority, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Yeah. So let's talk about with women, though. So we understand men want respect, and most men do. <laughs> You say, Major, it doesn't happen? <laughs> so, go ahead, Lathan. No, I'm just saying, I mean, it's either the word or the it's, it's the word, but, but can we, let's, let's be real. Does that happen? Yeah, it happened, but that don't mean we still don't supposed to do the word. Just because it happened. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Got it. And in the natural major, if you notice a lot of times when you, these street guys have beef with one another, you always hear the word respect. Yeah. The dude disrespected me, and That's because it. he did, then I feel like I got to retaliate against yep. him. Yeah. So that word respect is real. You know, it, it can cause some powerful emotions in people when they feel like they're disrespected. So it's best to try to do your best, you know, to, to be respectful, you know, in those roles and in those situations. Yeah, and, and Pastor Stank, that's a good example. I mean, we just, men, I mean, the Bible says that God knows what we're talking about when we say respect the men. That means we need it. You need to feed that ego, right? So we talk about love, though, Then women want to be loved. So we already know that things we must do to love our wife. They desire love. So love can't be, in my case, is not spend time with Lynn, and I know she likes me to spend time with her. <laughs> Go ahead wanted to add women want respect too i know you you listed all those a's appreciation attention yeah. and stuff but but women want to be respected too so and, it's and big it, for me respect is big what, up there i'm up there with y'all you are be, i don't know you but. are because Adrian, here's the answer right because the bible already told you i'm gonna honor you so if i honor you i have to respect you it's no different than honoring the president of the united states he coming here so when you look at the word honor, when you talk to your mother and father, right? So you honor your parents, that means who don't, who don't respect their mom and father? We don't say we respect our parents, we say we honor our parents. So that's why you got, you see what I said? So you're exactly right, but when he gave the word honor, to go even above, to lift them up. Yeah. So, so she's right. But more important, 
the Bible talks about the way he told the husband to love their wives. I see Robin tapping on the line. Go ahead, Robin. You think they're ready? response to what Adrian said and um, Nathan, that in Proverbs 31, it tells us, uh, let me just read it so I won't get it wrong. It says, who can find, um, let's see, who can find a virtuous woman, that's what we're talking about. It said, a wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She gives him respect, and the word tells us, I think it's in First or Second Peter, where it says the husband and the wife are in submission to each other, so they both um, deserve respect. So it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. That's all. Hey, you got any more questions? I, I've got to add one more thing when you talk about Queen Vashti, mm. the parading around, you yeah. know, like a piece of property. To me, that's not respectful either. It wasn't. You know what I mean? So it wasn't. It's just. He was drunk. It wasn't. Right. So. It wasn't. You there's had... no respect there. No, it was not. No, yeah, no it, honor. I just want to, how we, said, we, we kind of put her down, like she ain't do what, she ain't do what he yeah. said. But oh, uh, Esther, she, look at how she, you know, she just humbled herself and just laid on down. And Vashti, who was going to get 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 uh, paraded around in front of a bunch of drunk men, now she should have just bowed down and just listened to. I just want to make it clear that that wasn't respectful. It you wasn't, know, it wasn't, yeah. It so Vashti is saying, hey, hey, she had a little sister, sister in her when she was saying, yeah. you're not going to parade me around here. Right, if we, saw, okay. if we saw the consequences. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> yeah. There is a comment on here. Uh, someone said, I'm trying to repeat what someone said. This was way earlier. They went back to intimacy where... Um, they were saying intimacy can be in the football room. They went back to the football room. Oh, yeah. And then somebody said, be careful because you may not get the response you're looking for in the football room if you're trying to be intimate in the football room. <laughs> now, <laughs> then there's another, Ooh, uh, there's ahead. a question um, where it says, can a marriage be successful if there is no, in, no intimacy in the bedroom? There is no intimacy. In if two room. partners agree to it, are they I see they go deeper than that. If one partner happy or not happy, they, they didn't they, give that information. They just need to ask that question. I got it. Can I, a marriage and maybe just touch a little bit of both? Say it. Say it is. Um, yeah, I mean, if you got two. You know, if, if marriage can be successful. It goes back to love. We don't want to go there. So say if something happened to a wife, a point, and then she can't. Could be could be a you know injury or anything. She can't. Do anything. You still, we still call for the agape love, and we still got. That's why, that's why we can't love our wife for that, and we still call for that. And it can be successful have because I believe God will give us grace to get through that. But if you got a husband, wife, and and one partner still won't, and the other one don't want, I just can't see where they yoke together that it could be successful with that. It has to be agreement according to the Bible in First Corinthians, I think, verse seven, 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 where they say they must come together in agreement. Yeah, so 
if one partner, so if both partners agree to it and they find and they love it because you can create intimacy in other ways. You don't have to create intimacy just through sex. You create intimacy. In fact, uh, sex is just one form of intimacy. Yeah. And so we already know, I mean, many times we're rolling the car together and everything go well late until you come back on that trip and your wife looking at the mirror, looking at the window and not looking at you. So we know when there's a problem even when we're at home, when we go on trips, right? And uh, if your wife get mad with you or you said something wrong during the day, you're here on that ride back. Because they're going to look out that window and they'll never look at you. And you know when they're looking at that window, look at my brother, understand, look at the women laugh. And I don't know why you look out the window, but the women, a lot of women do because we already got friction there. And so the thing, when that happens, we, just, we can ignore it, Fred. And you know where I'm going, Fred. We can ignore it, or Fred, we can have a conversation in the car right there and there. What Fred would want to do, have it right there and there, right, Fred? Why we drive three hours not talking to each other? Go ahead. If I could, go ahead, somebody got a question? Somebody got a question? Go ahead. Tam? Can, oh, you can hear me? Yes. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to share was um, I think it's so important that as um, married couples that we take the time to find out what's wrong. And I think when that intimacy, sometimes, like you said, you can be in the car and not communicate but you should know your wife or you should know your husband to say something's not right. Some, something's going on. And then have the courage to probe or just say, look, I'm here. Let's talk about it. Be willing, have a willing spirit to, to really um, ask and communicate because communication is key. Yeah. You know, And maybe they may not want to talk at that time, but just the fact that you're taking the time to sit down to try to figure out, let's work this thing out together. Let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Um, it's huge for, for, for women, at least. It's huge for women. You know, Even when we say we don't want to talk about it, we want to talk about it. But we want to know that you want to talk about it with us, and that's important to us. Amen. That's very good. One, uh, one more. Keisha wanted to say something. I wanted to speak on what Major was saying about the respect thing and also about the, uh, the football room, too. I think as you get older, and this is the thing you can share with younger couples, it's like, I wouldn't even go on a football room. And we would set a presence that if I am coming, it's something that's important. And so you can't take advantage because I can respect that this is something that you enjoy doing. Just say, well, I don't want you to talk about the bags. I'm bringing in the house. I haven't been out shopping on that. So you get that mutual kind of communication set going. And I think when we talk about, he said, the major thing speak about the question about for showing respect. It's all based on emotions. Women are always given and pointed at and saying, hey, it's always about us being so emotional or whatever. Men are just as emotional. As soon as they're little children get hurt, but you think they're not respecting you because it's just, I think it's so subjective. I, I don't think you can really narrow it down. It's a feeling. And when they feel some way or feel like they wife is respecting them or any of those type of things, they get in their feelings the same way women do. And we have to learn how to adjust and be able to say, okay, in this house, you know, and that's sometimes you want to hear talk girlfriends are talking to each other and we're talking about our marriage, trying to help each other out. Every household is different. 
and, and every man is to deal with. Some of them are more cuddly and stuff, and then there are women who don't want to touch. I mean, so it's one of those things where I don't think it's defined roles, and I think we need to back away from trying to put those in that category because I think it's fluid. But at the same time, major, I feel like when it comes down to respect, it's a feeling. And you know when that tells us something that you may not like, and my husband knows when I, that's what I don't like, and we may not even think it's disrespectful, but you do, and that communication is what helps. Got more, Avery? No, I think that's it. All right, so I got a couple more, then we're finished. So some things, the sister brought up, Tamara brought up some things about communications, and we know we talk communications, um, and let's understand brothers. So if Robert, if Robert, I'll pick on Robert. So when Robert get home, uh, most time it be going through, Robert, like most men, we don't want to talk right then and there. So women, a lot of times with women, they she's here on point. They want to talk. So we get to the point where a brother don't want to talk right now. So a sister think you ignoring him, and you want to talk right now, and the, and the brother said you crowded me. Because of how we see things different when it comes to, especially with communication and talk, talk about stuff. So a lot of times sister talking headline, talking details, we talk headline. And so as getting communications, you gotta understand how how each person communicate, how to understand. When uh, Kendrell going through stuff, most brothers, Kendrell going through stuff, most brothers gonna leave Kendrell, Kendrell alone. Kendrell, leaves, he leave him alone, and then when, we, when he feel like talking, then we'll come to him. That's just the way most men understand that. If a man going through stuff, other men can be around that brother, but that brother going through stuff, we leave him alone. And then when he comes back, and then when he comes back to the group, then we talk. Where with women, multi-women, and you, you like to talk about it right then and there. It's just the way we process when we go through stuff. Uh, so as I look at that, there's some things, not saying they're true. I'm going to give you 10 things about a man and about a woman, not saying true. Uh, women say men are vague. They call you the mystery man. Women say men avoid discussing, discussing things. They call you the slippery man. Women say men withdraw into silence. They call you the invisible man. Women say men don't tell us what they want and feel. They call us the secret man. Men bottle up things and explode. They call us the volcano man. Men order us around. They call us the commando man. Men make fun of how we feel. They call us sarcastic man. Men lie to avoid dealing with something unpleasant. They call it a chicken man. Men anticipate the worst and get reactive. We anticipate the worst and get reactive. And we know what happens when someone tells a story. We can't wait to, before they can tell, before the woman can finish the story, we already ready to explode. They call it a reacto man. Things men say drive them crazy about women. Women expect men to read their mind. We call them superwoman. Women do not know how to compartmentalize. Clutter woman. Women hold on to everything. And this is what someone said. This is not true. Uh, un unforgetful woman. Women tell us the same thing over and over again. Scratch record woman. <laughs> Women want us to tell everything we've done wrong today. Last week and last month after sex. Kill the moment woman. <laughs> Women going through the motion. Motion woman. Women that are manipulative. Controlling woman. Women that tell men what to do instead of asking. I'm your mama woman. 
Women that get angry in a car ride and stare out the window. I want to make the ride unpleasant, woman. No, I gave you 10 to 10. Women that get smart with their husband. I married a dumb man, woman. Hey, Marcus, can you pull up Chuck Swindoll, the thing you did? If you can pull the last one, Chuck Swindoll, then I'm out of here, Pastor. We done. Because Chuck Swindoll about attitude. It's about attitude. You typed it up. I think you did. Yes, that one. So if anybody knows Chuck Swindoll, I kind of list the Chuck and list the Chuck. And it's when it comes to marriage and life. I don't know whether everyone heard this one before, though. He said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people would act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so is it with you. We're in charge of our attitudes. All yours, Pastor Lathan. <laughs>